Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast. I'm Johnny McFarlane and today I'm joined by Andy Newport of PA and Record Sports' very own Mark McDougall. Welcome, chums. Hey, hey. Now, I'm fantastic and you guys are obviously terrific guests, but we always get asked, where's Scott McDermott? He's still <laughs> on holiday, the lazy bugger. He is probably on the golf course as we speak, hacking some seven iron out of the rough somewhere. So that's where Scott is. He'll be back next week. Right, first of all, we need to talk about transfers because there's been non-stop transfer news coming out of Ibrox. And uh, the biggest one, without doubt, is the future of Alfredo Morelos. Andy, where, where, where are we as we stand right now? What's your understanding of the situation? Uh, understanding is that uh, a few weeks ago, uh, two or three weeks ago, something in the region of that, there was uh, an offer submitted from Leo, um, from Alfredo Morelos. Uh, I think... Judging by what's been reported elsewhere, I think you're looking at sums in the region of about 13 million euros, which was rejected uh, immediately by uh, the club. Um, I'm, I'm told that the, the the bid that was subjected was an absolute mile off what uh, Rangers would be looking for. I mean, I think they'd be looking somewhere in the region of 20 million pounds, given that there's also, it seems to be a, a selling clause due to Helsinki for the player. Um, Rangers are going to be holding out for, for what they perceive to be top dollar. Um, it seems from all the indications that Morello does fancy this move, um, but it all just depends on when a, a deal can be done. Um, it will also be a concern that Stephen Gerrard with the start of the new season just days away, and obviously Jermaine Defoe, who's only a real sort of backup striker, currently uh, out injured. Um, the thing that should perhaps reassure uh, the Rangers support a wee bit in this, certainly the very short term is that the transfer window in France is open for about another fortnight so it doesn't look like that deal will be done in the, say in the next couple of weeks certainly it may, may take a wee, a wee bit of time to go over the line in that sense but um, it does look like Alfredo Morales' time in Glasgow is, is nearing an end Mark, there is that grace period between the French transfer window and the Scottish transfer window. Uh, sorry, the Scottish Premiership starting. But is there not a concern in terms of playing Morelos if there is serious interest? And the club will know how tangible this is. Uh, in terms of playing him against Aberdeen, if you're Alfredo Morelos, are you going to be putting your all in? Are you going to be battling Scott McKenna left, right and centre and putting your, your limbs on the line? as the tackles fly in, as we know they do against Aberdeen, when you've got the potential of, of another life-changing move and a, presumably a big boost in his salary? Uh, yeah, I don't think Alfredo Morales is the kind of guy that's going to hold back any time he's on the pitch. Uh, I think you see that when he got subbed off against uh, Motherwell, was it Motherwell last week? Oh, no, Coventry, sorry. Coventry. Not friendly. Uh, when he went into the wee huff and stormed down the tunnel because he wasn't getting the chance to score any more goals. 
so I, I don't think he's the kind of player that would, you know, not put his foot in or not go for a header if he thinks he's got a chance of scoring just because he might get a move a couple of weeks down the line. Uh, I think as well the, the quotes that came out of Columbia uh, last week, or earlier this week, sorry, uh, of Morales talking about the potential move, I think they probably sound quite good to Rangers fans where he's not necessarily pushing for the move, but if it happens, it happens. So I think, it was, I think Rangers fans have known that from the minute he came in that with a chance to go to any of the big five leagues came up that he would go. But I think at the same time he's also he's not pushing for it from the sounds of things so he'd be quite happy to stay here for another season I think if Lille don't uh, pay the money that Rangers want. Andy have you got I was just going to say, I think the thing, the thing that you should reassure Rangers supporters, uh, is, you know, coming up for the, the weekend is that any time you ever hear about Stephen Gerrard when he talks about um, Alfredo Morelos and you know, you know, he's had his, his moments, his disciplinary issues. He says the only way, real way of getting through him was to basically stop him playing football. You know, whether it be through a suspension or you know, whether it be you know, kept out of training for whatever reason. He says that missing out and playing was what. Was the, the real punishment for him? It wasn't financial. It wasn't anything else. It was that stopped him from playing. Was what really hurt him most. So I think while he's here and there's an opportunity to play, he'll be ready to go. Um, I just I don't think he's the type of guy that will happily sit in the sidelines. I think I think if he's here and he's fit, he'll want to play. Andy, do you get a sense that Leal are are an odd fit for Morelos because he's always been open about wanting to move down to the Premier League. His style seems to fit hand-in-hand with the kind of thing that we see week in, week out in English football and that he's very physical. He can run in behind, but he's more than happy to battle defenders as well as having that pace. So to me, he seems perfect for that league. Do you think there's a strategy here in play with his agents? They're trying to move him to a a different style of football where there's a little bit less of a tempestuous relationship between the strikers and the defenders and the referees... Uh, where he can re-establish his disciplinary reputation almost before yeah, he gets that big move. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> if he was just if he was keen to get out of Glasgow because obviously we know it's a goldfish bowl. We know that there's been off the field uh, issues at times, um, and I think it's I think I read somewhere uh, a piece where he, he said that he was looking to to move to a city that was less intense. Um, so I, th- I think that may be. A big part of his thinking at the moment. Um, obviously, we know you know uh, we've seen his issues in terms of how he's he's handled old firm games and he's, the fact he's not scored there and it seems to be something of a mental block that. And I just wonder if he he wants to go somewhere where there's less scrutiny in that sense because you're playing for one of the two biggest teams in the country. Going to Leo, and I said a few weeks ago when last time I think I was on the pod um, that I didn't think that clubs down south had yet been convinced about Morelos yeah he's got a great scoring record in Scotland he's done well for Rangers in Europe as well but the disciplinary issues the failure to score against Celtic would be big black marks against his name for, for clubs down south and I think perhaps his advisors might see going to France and doing well there might be a better route for him uh, to get him to you know as much as like you know France is one of the big five but you know I think he'll have you know ambitions higher than that you know, whether it be Spain or, or the Premier League down south so they might see that playing in Liga would be a, perhaps a, 
a, a better option for him uh, in that sense. You know, as you say, a different style of football. You know, more time in the ball, but you know, also that opportunity for him to to show that he can he can operate against you know a better standard of defence as well. Mark, uh, the, the one thing I think about Leo Leo that makes them so interesting is their record in the transfer market of re- recent years. We know that um, Victor Ossiham is on his. I'll, I'll not. I'll not say that twice. Uh, <laughs> we know he's he's on his way to Napoli for around. Hey, well, listen. These these wild reports between fifty and seventy million euros. Uh, he's had a terrific season. And they have a track record of moving players on for big money. I believe that there's several players that have been targeted by the bigger clubs in Europe uh, for this transfer window. Do you think that Morelos will look at at Lille and say, this is the perfect launch pad? And Rangers will also look at it and say, well, if we're going to sell him anywhere, if we've got that sell-on clause, here's almost the perfect club to punt him to. I think that's exactly it. Lille have also over the last few years brought through a lot of players. You've got likes of Nicholas Pepe and stuff as well that have come through there and done really well. Uh, they've got Europa League football next season as well after finishing fourth. So he's got that stage to do it as well where he's continued his Europa League form that he showed for Rangers. It, was it 14 goals he scored this season there? If he could keep that up in Europe for Lille and also score plenty of goals in France and he could easily get another big move I mean he's still what 24 he's, he's a young guy in terms of in terms of being a footballer as a striker still got another few years before he reaches his peak so I think definitely he'll be looking at that thinking yeah it's not one of the top top teams in the country but it's a chance for him to go there show what he can do and then potentially move on again Andy, I'm in a strange camp here and I'm an Alfredo Morelos admirer. I've never hidden that on this podcast. But at the same time, I think Rangers should sell him, especially if they get the right price. Where do you stand on that? Um, For me, the main thing, Mark has has mentioned there, he scored 14 goals in 16 games in the Europa League last season, but he only scored 12 and 26 in the Premiership. And it's been a, a reduced return on the season before when he got 17 and 27. And, and for me, he never looked at his best in the Premiership last year. And I worry that if, you, if you're looking at it from a Rangers point of view, that you say to yourself, is this kind of level of goal scoring good enough? I mean, Odson Edward got 21 and 27. So, so I think perhaps Rangers might look at that and think we need somebody who's going to bash in the goals here in, in the bread and butter. I mean, I, I think I tend to, to agree with you, John, in the sense that but the all important thing is if Morelos goes, it it's only it only makes sense if the Rangers have got somebody that they can bring in that they believe and they have faith that they can score the sort of level that Morelos did at the very least um, last year. It makes no sense to, to trade them in for effectively somebody who's not going to do as well. So I'm sure Stephen Gerrard and, and Ross Wilson will be you know going through a list of names right now making sure that they've got who they believe is going to be an upgrade if, if you want to do that um, put it that way in terms of Alfredo Morelos um, just in terms of his own situation I, I just do get the sort of feeling that the relationship in a sense is running its course I mean he, 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 I was at the game against Coventry on, um, on Saturday and you know he's always been a guy who's sort of you know you know worn his, his, his heart on his sleeve and 
we've, we've always seen these the flailing arms, the petty lip when things aren't going his way, but there seemed to be a whole new level of it at the weekend. Um, I just get the feeling that his own frustrations, perhaps at the way last season ended, um, the fact that you know there's a soft field speculation about it, uh, the fact he's he's had a pretty poor pre-season in the sense that he hasn't scored, he's actually looked okay. I didn't think he looked a million miles off top form, but you know he's a striker, he wants to be scoring goals, and he hadn't managed that through pre-season. I think that all added into the sort of image we saw at the weekend, with especially obviously we've seen when he get, he get replaced after the, an hour against Coventry. So um, I don't, I just got a feeling that. You know the relationship. I, I didn't think it was going to get any better than it was at the moment, um, and it had the potential to get worse. So, if there's a deal to be done that can make Rangers a significant profit and bring the teams of cash that the club has never really made before, um, I think you have to go back to you know sort of 20, 2007, 20, 2008 when they sold Alan Hutton for what nine million or something to Spurs. I think mm. that would be the, the club's record incoming transfer fee. So I mean, this if you could get sort of upwards of eighteen million, uh, nineteen million from Ellis, that would blow that out of the water, and you know that could be reinvested pretty significantly. You know, there's obviously talk already about a number of guys coming into the club, but even just you know the, the club. Is going through as all clubs are at the moment, but a difficult time with the, the the coronavirus crisis. Any extra cash that can be sort of put aside, uh, would come in very handy. So, I mean, I think uh, if they could get a, if they could identify somebody who they think can score at the sort of level Morelos has and they can cash in on them, then I think that would probably be the the best option. We've seen it's effectively a business model that Celtic have, have become very successful at, and it's something that Rangers really need to sort of start uh, replicating themselves. Okay, I, I don't actually think they need to replace someone like for like with Alfredo Morelos. I don't think you're ever going to be able to do that. That's a one, one in a hundred well, or one in a thousand. Certainly in terms of numbers. Yeah, yeah, I take price. it. I would go on to say, though, I don't think Rangers need to because I think Morelos is a one-man wrecking ball up front and he likes it that way. He likes to be the guy ploughing a lone furrow against the back line. You know, you saw when Jason Cummings was introduced alongside him or Jermaine Defoe was played alongside him. He just yeah. doesn't like having those guys up there next to him. And what I've noticed in pre-season, Andy, you don't need to be a tactical genius to work it out. Yanis Hadji's been pushed right up behind him. Um, Ryan Kent's closer to him. And we've seen Joe Aribo pushed up as well. Yeah. And I actually don't think with these accommodations you're getting the best out of Alfredo Morelos, which is part of the reason he hasn't scored. But all the other guys have got yeah. on the score sheet and looked impressive. And I wonder if this accommodation and the way that Rangers are playing is almost an admission in of itself, a subtle admission of what's the, the true situation here. I, I mean, certainly um, what, what Rangers needed last season and the season before that was more out of the rest of the squad. So it's a balancing act. I mean, in terms of if Morelos does go, they want somebody who will come in and provide the numbers that he provided the last couple of years, but they also want the rest of the team to step it up. And pre-season, it looks that is the case. You know, Aribo, Kent, Hadji have all sort of um, found themselves in the score sheet and they all look sharp, whereas Morelos isn't, is a wee bit off the mark. What they want is a perfect balance where they can get, you know, all four parts of these this team operating at the top level. And, I mean, there's... At times, it's it's happened fleetingly, but it's not happened consistently enough. And I think that's what Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister this year will be, will be striving for. 
Mark, Andy agrees with me. You've been a big defender of Morelos. What's your take? No, I, I, I agree with both these as well. I think that it might be time for uh, for Morelos to go. I think there's there's so much focus on Morelos within the Rangers team that it almost gives the other players a hiding place if things aren't going right. Uh, you see it all the time. If, if Rangers are struggling a bit, it's just give the ball to Morelos and hope that he can batter his way through the defence and sneak one out at the near post or something like that. But like if he's if he went, it would force other players like Ryan Ken, like Yaris Hadji, to step up and take a bit more leadership and create chances and score goals. And just like they're so it's so intense around Morelos that it just seems like it might be the best thing that he goes and it just takes a bit of pressure off everyone really, rather than just relying on Morelos every single week to uh, score the goals that win the games because you see it when he goes out of form the, the team's completely different but like you say the way the pre-season worked with uh, Kent and Hadji a lot closer to them where we both push it up there is obviously Michael Beale and Gerrard have clearly looked at that on the training pitch and decided to come up with something new so I think they are planning on playing without Morelos for most of this season whether that comes before Saturday or after Saturday who knows but they're definitely planning for the future without Morelos, I think. Andy, you're not quite an old fart, but you've been around journalism for a long time. (laughs) You've been around it for a long time and you've seen a lot of players. How good is Alfredo Morelos? Are we talking about a player that can comfortably reach the Premier League here or perhaps Serie A or La Liga? where, Where do you put him in the pantheon of good players in Scottish football over the last decade or so? He's definitely an interesting character, obviously, just, you know, where everything goes on around him. Um, the things that goes in his favour, obviously, is that he has this sort of, you know, I hate to say a complete game, but, you know, he's got so many facets to his game that he's very rounded in that sense, you know, he's not a Chris Boyd that only sort of comes alive in the, the six-yard box, and, you know, he can involve himself and build up play, you know, at times he, he makes himself a, a nuisance in the box, and at times can look like a natural finisher but then at other times um, it sort of breaks down and he, he, to me he's a sort of confidence player you know when, when he's when he's feeling good about himself he's almost unstoppable when he gets inside his own head a wee bit then that's where it starts to break down um, and I suppose it's like any any sport I mean most guys ability wise are at the top level are are all very similar. It's what sort of separates the, the you know, your Cristiano Ronaldo's or your Messi's or you know your Feders from guys beneath them are you know that ironclad sort of mentality. And I think that's maybe what Morelos sort of lacks at times is that you know we've seen it in old firm games when you know if he doesn't score his first chance and then he starts snatching and he starts going for shots that he shouldn't be going for we should be laying on teammates and it's you know it gets away from him and I think that's what he needs to overcome if he's to prove himself to be a top player he needs to show that no matter what the circumstance no matter what's happened before if he misses a chance he'll be there to take the next one again you know it's not a black and white issue there's been times where he has bounced back and has done that in games and other times he hasn't and if he wants to make it to really top he needs to be Maybe strike him or even kill in terms of his own his own performance level, his own form levels. Okay, we're going to move on to the other strikers that have been linked with Rangers. Presumably, the thinking behind a lot of this is that there's serious potential for Rangers to go back out into the market should they um, strike a deal with Lille. Um, so the first 
name that jumps out at me is uh, Josh Madger, Mark. This is a guy who most people will know through the Netflix series um, Sunderland Till I Die, where he plays a very, very prominent part in the second series. A Sunderland shoot to the top of League One only to fall back and fall apart, really, after he's sold in the January transfer window. He's since moved to Bordeaux. Um, actually, that was covered in the, in the series when he, uh, he scored seven goals, I think, last season. Mark, do you think he's a guy that can could potentially come in? Do you think a deal could be done? He could be an expensive option. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is that he'd cost a, a fair bit of that money that's going to come in for Morales if if they go for him, I think uh, he's done quite well since he went to Bordeaux. He's he scored goals. I think most of his appearances have been off the bench as well. So to get seven goals in Liga is pretty impressive for anyone. Uh, one of those was a hat trick as well. So it's, it's so he shows he knows where the goal is, and he obviously did very well for Sunderland a couple of years ago. I, I can't say I've seen an awful lot of him to say whether he would be a perfect replacement for uh, Morelos, but I think. The type of player that Morales is, Rangers will need to go and get maybe two strikers, maybe even three to replace everything that Morales does. So, well, they're spending eight, nine million if that's what he would cost. I think he'd, the rumours in France were that they, Bordeaux would be looking for 10 million euro. Uh, so, if they were going to spend that sort of money on him, then I'm not sure that would entirely be the best decision. A great deal for uh, for Bordeaux, though. I haven't picked him up on for next to nothing. Um, Andy, the other names that have been flying about, the likes of Marco Maric, I don't know if I pronounced that correctly or not, but um, I'm sure there'll be someone on Twitter who'll correct me if I haven't. <laughs> um, and and may, there's many other names that have been linked uh, over the last few days. Is there any of these guys that, that jump out at you as being potential options? Of course, the, there's the Kmar Roof link that just doesn't seem to be going away. So there's a few. I think Roof would be an interesting one, given you know, what he did with Leeds and then, you know in the Championship. You know it's a, it's a difficult league to, to operate in time. Uh, operate at in times, um, he would be somebody that you you would tend to think would be a more reliable option. But again, it seems Anderlecht uh, aren't overly keen to, to let him go. Um, the marriage one, I mean, again, the Rangers going back to Osijek for a third time. Um, you know, is the, so far they're absolutely hit and miss with uh, the record. The record going there, Barisic obviously been uh, a reasonably quite a good success uh, for Sidon and um, and Eris Grayslaw was anything but. Um, so I mean, again, I had a quick look at some sort of highlights and again, these tend to not to show you very much. You're always the the sort of you know, their highlights for a reason. They don't show you the, the sort of negatives of his game, but even his highlights didn't strike me as being somebody that was massively impressive. It was either a, a, a you know a load of penalties or five-yard tap-ins or him running through, a, you know, with 20 yards from 20 yards out to, to slot past the keeper. And, you know, those are the sort of chances that um, Rangers strikers don't often find themselves in against a packed defences. So, um, I would be a wee bit convincing to think that he would be I would need to see more of him to be convinced that he would be the answer to, to the Rangers striking uh, problem should Morelos go um, again the likes of Lyndon Dykes has been a name that's sort of been bandied about before but 
you know, what did he score last season? Was it 11 or 12 goals for 11? 12, 12, 12 and 30, I think it yeah. was, something like that. You know, it's like, you know, a good strike rate for a team like Livingston, but, you know, he obviously did well in a couple of games against Celtic, but I don't know, again, I think it would take convincing. I mean, if you put it this way, Rangers are trying to stop a Celtic team going for 10 in a row. If injuries are out of strike, is Lyndon Dykes the type of guy you would hang your hat on to, to see Rangers through at the end of the season put a, a, a title bid? I'm not sure he's at that level where he could be relied upon. So, you know, this is a, it's a big decision that Stephen Gerrard and, and Ross Wilson have got in front of them. They need to get this right. They absolutely must get this right because of just what's at stake this year. So, I'm sure they'll obviously be doing a lot of due diligence. They'll be spending hours sort of going through the videos. They'll be getting their, their, their scouts out to games where possible, if, if that's an option. But they have to get it right, and, and that's the absolute bottom line. And obviously, Stephen Gerrard was was commenting at the weekend um, when he, he said he was he was pretty honest, and he said he'd been with the board. He said we need more. We need more quality if they're going to stop Celtic winning the league. And you know, so he's not under any. You know, illusions about what's at stake this year and, and what's required, but in the day with you know what we are two days before the start of the season, you're talking about selling your your top scorer from the last two years. Um, there's a big job on to get him replaced and get somebody in that they think they can they can take them all the way to the title. Yeah, I watched a little bit of uh, Maric on YouTube as well, and although YouTube is stocked full of videos of players looking terrific, I always remember. Um, getting a video of Carlos Pena and uh, texting people <laughs> furiously saying that the next coming of Pele was arriving in Scottish football very, very shortly. You, you were the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen, Carlos Pena's YouTube uh, compilation was absolutely terrific. Uh, so there's a YouTube go, compilation of me oh. and you only need to ask that. No, that's, uh, that's not quite true, so... No, honestly, he was good. I'm, I'm going to forward that video on to you back when he was, uh, you know, it was five or six years ago, or, or at least. But, let, but me listen, I won't... Way, let me put this way, Johnny. Within the first five minutes, I've seen his, his Rangers debut. I knew this wasn't going to work out. You were still, you were still hanging on to your position in about me that season. So he was still hanging on to that position until he left. <laughs> listen, I still think there was something there. Oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> no, wow. I'm giving up the ghost on that one. I think. No, but in all seriousness, this was a quite a well put together video of his strengths and weaknesses put together by a, a Croatian uh, stats boffin. <laughs> and um, it's interesting, he's quite a, a tall, rangy guy. He's a little bit like yeah. um, Ilicic at, at Atalanta, but well, obviously nowhere near as good as him. But in that, he's a, he, he's a tall guy who who is good on the ball. He's not a, a, a natural target man. He's got quick feet and he's he can play balls from the number 10 position and he's got a decent movement on him. The one thing um, I noticed from the videos that I watched, Johnny, was that a lot of the shots that he was striking, the ones that he did score from, say, outside the box, all of them went through the goalies. I mean, I don't know what sort of standard the Croatian league is in general, but from the, as I say, the very brief sort of highlights that I looked at, it didn't look to be all that um, all that impressive. So, you know, I think you have to be, I mean, as much as Barisic has looked great, he seemed to be signed on the back of his performances against Rangers. You know, Kresler was injured for those games and you know, I think I would take a wee bit of con- convincing before I trusted what I was seeing just from sort of domestic action in Croatia. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you. Listen, 100%. The other thing that I was going to move on to was that 
we've seen these players from Croatia before and and they've got a lot of really, really good attributes for the attributes, should I say, for the Scottish <laughs> League. You know, um, Nikola Katic, his power, his strength, his, his toughness. Um, the same with Barisic in a lot of mm-hmm. ways. But listen, these guys needed time to adapt and mm-hmm. get used to it. Barisic was nearly a season and Katic, although he started really well, went off the boil, came back the same last year. Now that might be because he's a young player, but the point I'm trying to make is you're not going to take a guy who's 25, who's been playing at Osijek from the Croatian League, drop him into Glasgow Rangers and say, you're the man, take us to 10 in a row. That's just yeah, very, very, yeah. very unlikely to happen, isn't yeah. it? This year especially, just as I said earlier on, everything that's at stake and Rangers don't have, cannot afford to have somebody coming in and take you know three, four, five months to settle into life in Scotland. They need guys that are going to be dependable, reliable, um, robust. You know, fitness-wise, um, won't break down with niggly injuries. Um, obviously, they signed Balogun, um last week, and as much as it, he looked really good at Wigan, there are question marks over his uh, reliability, fitness-wise. So. I mean, I would. I don't think you'll see him and Conor Golson, you know, playing 38 games, league games this season. I, I can't see that. So Rangers, as I said earlier, they have this. Every decision that comes in, every player that comes in this season has to be scouted and looked at thoroughly to ensure that they are, you know, capable of withstanding what's going to come this season, even without fans, the pressure on these Rangers players this year, as with the Celtic squad as well, because both squads, you know, no matter what the way they send, whoever comes out the victor will be will be heroes in their own supporters' eyes. The pressure on them is going to be huge and they have to be able to withstand that and that makes the decisions that Stephen Gerrard and Ross Wilson make over the next few weeks so important. Well, one of the players that we expect to arrive at Ibrox is Bongani Zungu, Mark. What what are your impressions of the the clips that you've seen of him, and are you surprised to see Rangers move into the transfer market for a player who essentially is a central midfielder, given the strength and depth Rangers already have in that position? Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a weird one when you look at the positions that other positions that need strengthened, where somebody to play at the wings or a striker. I mean, Obviously, when a player comes up that they like, they're always going to make a move from. But to be spending the sort of money that's been banded about, whether that's true or not, whether I think it was four million euros again, uh, whether that's true or not is different. But I think that's a lot of money to be paid for somebody that is coming into a position that's already relatively well stocked. I mean, you've got likes of Jack, Aribo, Kamara, Davis. The four of them you'd expect to start most weeks in the three positions. Uh, uh, but then you've got Arfield and Doherty yeah, Arfield, Doherty, Ross McCrory I mean I don't think Greg Doherty and Ross McCrory are going to play very often this season going by their pre-season uh, appearances but the likes of Arfield definitely will he won't want to sit on the bench every week uh, and neither will any of the other four uh, so it is a weird one especially when you look at I mean, Andy was talking about the injury records and the other players there I think it's quite similar with him he's, He's not played an awful lot over the last couple of seasons. Uh, I think it was only 10 games he started last season. The year before, he only played five games for Avians. So it's, it's, it has to be a bit of a worry for Gerard to be signing a player that's 27, 28 in a couple of months, uh, hasn't played that much, and to be spent, spending so much money on him just seems like a, 
bizarre cider when there's so many other places that that need ciders such as both wings and even further back at centre back. Arguably both fullbacks. Yeah, I think I think fullbacks are area concern because Nathan Patterson, as much as he's uh, you know he's, he's highly rated. Um, I'm not entirely sure he should be relied upon to be second choice to James Tavy. Oh, I, I totally disagree with you there, Andy. I think he's, he's I think he's terrific. I think he's got everything. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's terrific. But he's what is he? Nineteen? He's got ninety minutes of first team football under his belt. I, I agree with you. That's wrong. He should have had more than that. But I, I think now is definitely the time. See if they don't if they don't bring through a player like Parson now, there isn't a player pathway at Ibrox. Honestly, they they have to. Um, um, provide that. I, I, Otherwise, it, where, where are these young players going to? Listen, I just think, think it's a bit like the Walter Smith Barry Ferguson situation when Rangers were going for ten in a row. This probably isn't the season to be worrying about that. This is a, you know, this is a, a such a huge season that you know, short termism must rule the day this season. I, I, I think for the, I think that's what the Rangers fans will expect. I think everything has to be put into stopping. Um, Celtic won ten in a row. I think that's, you know, I don't think that's an unreasonable demand from that Rangers fans would be would be looking for. Um, and if that means, you know, that somebody like Nathan Parson who could perhaps go out and go out and loan and play because any day he's behind the, the club captain, a club captain who generally when fit plays, so mm. he's not going to get that much game time this season anyway. So I think for his own development, it would probably be better for him. To go out somewhere, but I think they should be looking for somebody a wee bit more, um, you know, you know, a wee bit more experience. Given the, as I say, the sort of challenges that are going to come this season, um, it's the same with, with Bassi on the other side. Um, he's looked okay, um, and the, the the few glimpses uh, that we've seen of him pre-season, I think it's it's been unfortunate in the sense that he's never really come on or started a game when Rangers were on top, so we can get a look at him in terms of going forwards. Um, you know, whether the games in France came on, Rangers were sort of, sort of hemmed in for the, the sort of periods, or they're down to ten men on the back foot a wee bit. Uh, we've not really seen whether or not he can provide the sort of attacking outlet um, that was expected of him. I think that's what the sort of write ups when he was coming up from Leicester's youth team was that he was, you know, quite an attacking uh, option. Um, but we haven't really had a chance to see that yet. So again, the sort of jury's out on whether or not he can be a, a, a reliable understudy for for Barisic. Um, yeah, so I mean, in in terms of um, Zungu, um, it's an interesting one because he, he sort of plays as a holding midfielder, which is you know you you're, you think you're pretty Rangers are pretty well covered with with Jack and Davis and Kamara in there, um, but it's interesting to read that sort of in his earlier on in his career he was a sort of attacking midfielder that sort of drifted backwards and again from the, the few clips I've seen him he does seem to be somebody who can who can pick a pass and penetrate the lines with the uh, sort of early, early balls forward. And perhaps that's maybe what Gerard is looking for. Because it was obviously times last season when the team looked, you know, pedestrian, slow, sluggish. They get caught up a wee bit going too much side to side. And it looks like he's a type of guy, again, the sort of, you know, few glimpses I have seen him that it can sort of, you know, speed things up and inject a wee bit of tempo into the team. Although I do caveat that we're saying the sort of things I've been reading online and, and, and from Twitter and things like that, it seem to be that there is a wee bit of doubt about whether he has the best fit. As you say, the, the age profile. Uh, well, it suggests, doesn't it suggest, Andy, they really believe that this is the guy for the team? 
because as Mark said, he's he's 28 in October. So you're buying the finished article right now for this season. No questions asked. This yeah. is your your main man almost. I think I think if you'd played 30, 40 games the last three or four seasons, you, you would say that definitely. But as, as Mark was saying with the, the injury record or whatever, whether it be selection or form that he was out of the team uh, over in France, then. That again, in the day, Rangers aren't in a financial position where they can go out and sign absolutely ready-made replacements. They they do have to take a, a level of risk with every signing just because of the the money they've got to spend. They can't buy, you know, you know, copper-bottomed absolute stick-on first-team players in the way that you know teams in England can because they've they've got the finances to do it. Um, I just think you know, for the things I've been reading, it doesn't seem like. Everyone is utterly convinced that this is the guy to do it, but you know. And the other thing to say is that you know the sort of signings I've been getting for the club was that they weren't utterly, some some folk around the club. They weren't utterly convinced that this was a deal that was going to happen. I know that there's been reports in France that seem to suggest it's further down the road. I think there's been a wee bit of caution thrown on it from from the Rangers side. Um, it may very well we go, very may well go ahead, but. In the day these rumours have been about for weeks, and so far, you know, we've not really seen any movement. So if they were that keen, why wouldn't they not have done it? You know, a month ago when they, when his name first started getting bandied about, um, that's that's something to be considered as well. Okay, we're going to look ahead to the Aberdeen game, Mark. Um, you will be covering this for Record Sport. I'll be on holiday, so I'll be sitting with a beer, chilling out, watching it on the big screen TV kicking back, relaxing. What are you expecting from the game? Uh, genuinely, I have absolutely no idea what to expect from the game, purely because it's behind closed doors. Uh, you know that what these games are normally like, with both sets of fans up for it and stuff, but it's going to be completely different with, with nobody in Pataudry. Uh I just I, I genuinely don't, don't know how the two teams are going to show up. I've not seen anything of Aberdeen. Uh, in pre-season either so I'm not really sure how they're looking but from a Rangers point of view I think they just need to continue the way they've been in pre-season I think the likes of Aribo, Hadji and Kent have to be on their game again uh, the one I'm really interested to see is whether Brandon Barker could continue the way he played in pre-season as well because I think people have often said that he looks brilliant in training all the time for Rangers so well it's a case of he can't really deal with the pressure when the 50,000 fans there is what's holding him back well now there's nobody there to actually watch him and get on his back during the game so it'll be interesting to see if he can take that pre-season form into this as well uh, but yeah I, I think Rangers really need to get off to a good start as well so they need to win this one uh, put a marker down for the season otherwise it's going to be it could be another season of disappointments again yeah, because there's no doubt, Andy, that Aberdeen have been a bit of a sticking point. I know fans will be listening to this and say, well, well, Johnny, they, they won 5-0 at Ibrox last season. But there was all, there's been results across the, the Gerrard tenure, especially in that first season, where Aberdeen have been a difficult nut for Stephen Gerrard to crack. Yeah, I mean, even the game last sort of December time when they were 2-0 up and couldn't quite see the result out. Um, and the thing is, I, I wouldn't be expecting... Um, too much different from Aberdeen this season. I think I think I'm right in saying that Johnny Hayes is the only sort of new face they've really brought in. Um, and even then, he's not a new face up there. So, um, I, I mean, you know what you're going to get 
with Derek McKenzie's teams, they're going to graft, you know, they're going to work hard, they're going to get in your face, they're going to try and hit you in the counter-attack and they'll, they'll just not make life easy for you. Um, they'll, they'll shell big long balls at, at Sam Cosgrove and, and hope to play off them. So the two centre-halves will have to be on the on the on their game that day but you know, just, just, just on that Andy just on that because that, that's that's key in terms of uh, centre halves who I do mean, you think he'll play I think he might be tempted to throw Balogun in um, just because as much as I actually think uh, that uh, Edmondson is going to be a, I think he's got potential to be a real quality player I don't think he's had the best pre-season I think he's looked okay at times in terms of defensively I think his last ditch sort of stuff the sort of glimpses of him sort of putting in some important blocks and all that sort of stuff and over in France was was you know what you, you'd expect from your centre half his distribution at times though has been a wee bit ropey and especially as that's what he was brought into the team to do you know Gerard spoke last season and in a couple of occasions he got he got a run out was because of the sort of speed at which he moves the ball. Um, he just looked a bit rash at times when he was trying to do that over in France. So I'm sh- think that may have left uh, a level of doubt in, in Stephen Gerrard's mind. And this is the thing that throughout Stephen Gerrard's time at the club, he's he's struggled to get a a nailed down solid centre half pairing. You know, Conor Goldson has obviously been first. Uh, First choice the the whole pretty much his, his entire time at Ibrox, but you know Katic just come in, Edmondson's come in, Gareth McCauley's come in, Joe Worrell's come in, um, so and, and obviously Philip Hollander before his injury, obviously he came back um, <laughs> for the last half an hour against Coventry, and you know within three minutes was getting turned inside out, so he looks he looks a bit um, ring rusty. I know they were trying to get a game arranged for earlier on this week. Um, whether whether that I've not heard if that was that they managed to do so for that. So in terms of him having enough minutes in his leg, I would I would doubt he would be back in for the weekend. Um Balogun, I think, just given the fact that he's you know, he's been playing championship football up until a week ago, um as much as Wigan get relegated, but you know, because of the points deduction, but actually finished quite comfortable in the mid table and for everything we've heard and I spoke to one of the analysts um that had worked uh, with Wigan down there and he, he said he he was sensational, he was the best centre half in the league that he'd saw. Different from Katic, um in the sense that, you know, Katic loves to just go and header everything with with stick his head through a brick wall. Balligan's a different type, it's all about Intelligence, you know, using his position and his experience to, to know where the ball's going to go. And I think I had an interesting start that I think it was up until at least the start of July from when he'd signed in the end of January, he hadn't given a single foul away for Wigan. So, uh, and that sort of solved a big problem for Wigan, who'd been losing a lot of goals from set pieces. Just the fact that he has discipline around the box, um, you know, cut down a lot of. Uh, scoring opportunities at teams against Wigan have been enjoying so that'll be important especially when crowds do come back into the stadiums we know that Rangers in the last couple of years have struggled a wee bit you know when especially in opposition venues when the fans sort of turn up the heat and the pressure on them and you do get sort of drawn into these sort of niggly fouls and you know putting yourself under pressure um, with a wee bit of naivety I think if you've got somebody with his sort of nose that could be that could be crucial so I, I tend to think that it will be Conor Goldson and, and Balligan that will start the season up in uh, Pataudry on Saturday. 
Okay, well, time will tell. It's going to be a fascinating encounter, and uh, I think most people will have it switched on and uh, desperate to see how it pans out. Right, well, that's it from us. We're going to call it a day right now, but we'll be back next week with all the Rangers news and action to be analysed. You can obviously continue the debate with us if you want to on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Andy is at... Andy Newport, PA. And Mark, you're... At McDougall1934. Perfect. Until next time, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.